Alright, hi everyone and uh, welcome. This is episode two of the Fulexa Espresso Ride and Podcast. Uh, very pleased to introduce Lisa Leonard. Um, she's a local Las Vegan, um, but you'll soon find out from her accent. She's uh, not originally from here. Um, but with that, I'll let Lisa give a little introduction uh, to herself. So why don't you go ahead, Lisa? Hi, I'm, uh, my name is Lisa Leonard. I'm from Scotland. I moved to Las Vegas in 2012 to work as a physical therapist and to, to train in some hotter climates. <laughs> um, I have a pro license for off-road triathlon and I also compete in mountain biking and on occasion road racing mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, road triathlons as well in the half Ironman and Ironman distance. Awesome. Didn't you just win a road race yesterday or something? Or uh, no, it was a mountain bike race oh, okay. and I was second, but... <laughs> oh, you just just but, second, right? Honest, but it, was a, it was a good day. Um, I've only just upgraded to Cat 1 for mountain biking last year, so or this year, so it's like my second Cat 1 race. So it's been a lot of fun and racing out in SoCal is like, it's so beautiful. Uh-huh. But, yeah, I know, California is nice. Mm-hmm. So, um... I guess like let's start with like did you like train in Scotland um, like how did you get into the sport and how you know why did you come to Vegas like? so well there's I guess there's two parts to that then so I I um, when I was like in my late teens I I needed to lose like a little bit of weight and I started running and I decided I would train for a marathon because that's what you do when you start running of course <laughs> and um, during my training for a marathon um, a friend of mine like encouraged me to do a triathlon like a local race and I did it and I was literally the only person in my age group so I won and I won like a bicycle pump or something and I was on my mum's um, it was a, like a steel Peugeot bike with the down tube shifters as well and um, and a set of aero bars chucked on it and um, so I kind of did it and I really enjoyed like the, the multi-sport aspect of it and after the marathon decided I really didn't like just running like I kind of got the bug for doing the, the cycling as well. So I started training a lot then and, and actually found that I was getting pretty good at it. I've got like a knack for like the endurance um, side of things. So I had to work on my my speed a little bit, but I found I could just keep going and going for forever it seemed. And then, um, and then at the time I went to school to do physiotherapy and after graduation there was a, an opportunity that came up to work in the States and so I... Um, a lot of my friends were moving away to back to Ireland or Australia or New Zealand and, and um, so I thought, hey, why not? I'll just, I'll move to, to the yeah. States and they they offered me a position in here in Las Vegas and um, I don't know, when I first moved here, it was like 80 degrees and I thought yeah. I was going to die from the heat and had, then... Had you been to Vegas before? <laughs> no, I had not. Yeah. <laughs> and. Um, so when I when I called my mom, I was like, "Mom, it's 80 degrees. Like I'm I'm in my hotel room and I don't know how to survive." She's like, "You know, it's gonna get much hotter than that." And so that was kind of the first summer, and I I definitely got heat stroke a few times, yeah, yeah. like out riding, like yeah. not not used to it. But um, at that time when I when I moved across here, I was just kind of getting a little bit more serious with training. I was getting faster, like getting better results as well. And um, and so I made the jump to the half Ironman distance and um, just kind of didn't look back. And then so did you did you compete in Scotland in, mm-hmm. in Great Britain? Yes. And then like was it like 
was it always um, an objective of yours to like get to that pro level and like was moving to the states like kind of in line with that that objective yeah like so there um, I competed on the Great British age group team um, and I went to the world championships in uh, Australia and then in um, Budapest I think was the next one and then in China oh, wow. so um, it was a great platform to like kind of get into to really be motivated to like do more um, but like I think um, so I always like I was from when I was very little I love watching the Olympics and I always wanted to be like a professional athlete but like I feel like I've never really known exactly what I would do like as a professional athlete and and I feel like through this journey like it's kind of like helped me to just have a clearer picture of like how I want to kind of go about that so um, so in like deciding to move to the States it was really cool knowing I was gonna move to somewhere where I could literally train all year round and um, and there's you know the, the level of competition out here I mean you can imagine in Scotland like there's not there are a handful of like really amazing triathletes um, but out here I mean you've got California so close by and like the level of competition out there I mean you know in cycling as well it's like yeah. It's just like a whole other, a whole other level. So I think it was like really a great place for me to be able to train all year long, and then and also be racing and training with people that are going to push me to get to get to that professional level. Okay. So. Do, you, do you, does your family have a background in uh, in sports? Like, like my mom used to do triathlon when I was younger, so I would like go and watch her at races. But like that was way back. I mean, the sport triathlon is like relatively like young um but so like back then like there were no tri suits so like that's yeah. when you did the whole thing in your swimsuit and i remember like watching her like you know running through like a boyne which is like this town like in the royal d side and she'd be like running along like in her swimsuit and it's and, and a pair of trainers you know so this, this this is in your blood then i think like she she's a a phenomenal athlete as well like she's got a really high she's got a really great engine like she can go forever and ever and it would like it would frustrate me a little bit because I would be like you know I start training and taking things seriously and she would like just come and do like a 80 mile road ride like and she wouldn't be like the fastest person there but she'd be like the solid steady train that's like moving the whole time and I'm like you don't even ride all the time <laughs> so she's um I think I have her to to thank for like my my engine so to speak and like um but but yeah i think she definitely motivated me to and like kind of open my eyes to the sport when i was younger um and then being out here kind of that then i fell into like the mountain biking side of things and that i mean that's a whole other aspect of it as well so like um for your for your day job i guess like well your day job do you, do you consider it the pro athlete thing or is it the physical therapy is it, which one's which <laughs> uh i think um right now right now it's still you know i i just got my pro license like at the end of last year and i changed my schedule around so i'm i'm basically working uh part-time as a home health physical okay. therapist um because i haven't done like a pro race yet it's although I train as, as much as I can like I don't feel like I feel like that first race is gonna like kind of solidify that right now I still kind of say oh I'm a you know I'm a physical therapist 
and then a pro athlete would be second. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I really hope, I think like 2016 is going to be the year to like, to switch that around. Like yeah. I'm a professional athlete and I also do home health physical therapy. Do you think um, your knowledge about physical therapy gives you an edge? I think it does. Like it helps me understand um, form, like when I'm running on the bike in the pool. Like I know, um, I know how my body should be working, and I know that when, um, like, if I have any aches and pains, like, I can, pr- I'm pretty good at at figuring out what I need to do to kind of get through that and recover well. Yeah. Um, and I also know the importance of things like strength and conditioning. Uh-huh. Um, it's so so important, especially like in the off season. I'll take some time to maybe lift some like heavier weights and stuff, and then like just now. I'm not lifting anything heavy, but I still do strength and conditioning every right. week just to make sure because if you're cycling and running particularly a lot, um, you know, you've got to keep those like those uh, your farm like kind of on point because right. as you as you fatigue and as you're pushing yourself and like, you know, running faster, cycling harder, if you don't have the stability or strength to maintain good form through that, then that's when you're going to get injured. Right. So I think like that's definitely helped me to to stay motivated with the yeah. um, with like the strength and conditioning stuff. Is that like uh, like in cycling? I don't know. I think I fell into it. It's like there's this there's this like thinking that like if you lift weights, you're you're going to put on loads of muscle and you're going to yeah. get slow, and you, it should just all be about the bike, you know? Yeah. Um, is, do triathletes think the same way and like are there those two schools of thoughts or like I think um, I think there's definitely um, I think there's definitely triathletes out there who would be more like afraid to lift weights especially now but you've got to remember that as I say I, I lift weights every week but I lift like maybe like 10 pound weights right. or I do like body weight exercises and I'm doing like higher repetitions you know yeah. um, I think the the top elite athletes Certainly over the last few years, there's a lot more evidence to show that strength and conditioning really does give athletes the better edge. It helps with um, injury prevention um, and it helps keep athletes stronger for a longer period of time. Um, so it's like, do you think it like, say if you did like leg weights, would that translate to more power on the bike or is it more about like injury prevention and like maybe just being more comfortable? I think there's, there's definitely, I think right now, especially as I say in the off season, um, or sorry, during the season, um, lifting low weights is better and like having the high reps for the injury prevention side of it. Uh I think in the off season, like lifting the heavy weights and using your muscles to their maximum potential. Um, you know, the, the more efficient a cyclist you are, the more efficient your muscle is going to work. And so it's not necessarily going to utilize all of the muscle because, because you're running or cycling efficiently. When you ask that muscle to do a maximal effort or you're asking it to lift a heavy weight, it's having to recruit more of the muscle. So then when you go and do your effort, then you are able to, to, to access that entire muscle potential. Um, but saying that, like... Then, you know, during the season, we get that from doing, like, hill climbs or, like, doing sprints, you know, or, you know, doing those, like, the, uh, like, or low cadence, high gear type drills, like, where you're really having to, like, recruit all of your muscle fibers. So, you know, you can use it both ways. I think, I think it would be, like, um, not naive, but 
it would be silly for, for people to continue thinking that it's gonna, you know, you're gonna be a slower athlete because of weights. Like it really, it's like everything, as long as you're doing it properly, yeah. like, like I'm not saying go out and do like CrossFit and, yeah, yeah. and become like a super stud with like all the squats and like snatches and all that kind of stuff. Like just go and do what you need to do for your sport and that varies for every sport. So like yeah, sport specific. Like, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Nice, no, interesting. Yeah. Um. So I was I was reading your blog, like in preparation for the podcast, um, and you're pretty into music, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I listened to a few of the tracks. Um. Does that like is that kind of like an escape for you from like the training and stuff or how does it kind of help you if it if it does at all or is it just like another passion like no absolutely like so um so it's quite nice uh, like um like i've been both my parents are musicians so like i've grown up like with a very musical household and um i love to sing i love to write music um and over the years like i've kind of like it's kind of ebbed and flowed a wee bit like with how much I'm able to do but um but it's definitely it's definitely a, a good stress relief um definitely a great way to unwind I mean a lot of us use like sports as a way to go and like you know get away get rid of all the stress from the day but like if I've been like out and like training super hard then like I've done my way to like I need something else to help with that so music is definitely it definitely helps me unwind and and relax and it's a really great way to like I don't know just express different things that you don't you don't otherwise know how to express um luckily like my boyfriend is a like fantastic guitar player which is great because I'm a terrible guitar player (laughs) like I can play like the bare minimum chords like to to get through a song but he he can play like really really well so like he'll play guitar and I'll sing and we'll jam together and uh, we just got piano which I'm now realizing is super out of tune because like we'll try and like he would play like guitar and I'll play piano but it's just a, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't. They're like we have to like tune his guitar to the piano, which is like not the entirely yeah. the same key. But um, and it's like it's yeah. like uh, like slower stuff. It's, it's very beautiful. Obviously, maybe you don't listen to that on the bike, right? Like, do you, no. do you listen to music when you train as well? Yeah, yeah. So like, it's funny. Like, if I'm doing a trainer ride, so, like yeah. on the trainer, I'll listen to drum and bass, radio, and Pandora station. Oh, awesome. Because <laughs> because That's very Scottish. It's like, like <laughs> yeah, I think like it's so. Um, I think because like maybe because of the music side of things, um, or maybe I don't know what exactly it is, but it's it's just it's it's a good beat and I can cycle in time to the beat and it's like basically every single song is about the same cadence um like wow, drum, that's a good tip I need yeah. to put some drum and bass on my I've, trainer workout. I've tried like different stations like you know like electric music or um um, well, drum a few and bass is just aggressive. Oh, it really <laughs> is, and like, and especially on the trainer, like, because I'll, I'll do like really specific, focused efforts on the trainer, yeah. and so I can really get into like a, an aggressive, like, dark, yes, <laughs> and just like suffer there, and um, so yeah, definitely, <laughs> drum and bass helps me do that. Yeah. When I'm like out on the road, I listen to, I'm just out for like a long ride. I'll just listen to like my my phone, like my iPhone on shuffle, yeah. and um, 
and just see what comes on and I usually will listen to almost everything I like a lot of like like old school kind of classic rock like I love like the Beatles and Queen and um, I'm a huge Billy Joel fan so like um, if I'm by myself like I'll often like sing along <laughs> and in my head I was like I feel like it helps my lungs because you know I'm trying to sing and cycle at the same time okay. I think like that's <laughs> complete rubbish probably but um, you, you, you named some pretty good uh, like deep lyric Oh yeah, songs. and I think that's 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 where my everyone asks, asks you know, like, um, what like what's your favorite music or what's your favorite band of all time? Like honestly, like, I feel like this is such a difficult question because I love all these genres. Like I love like I love like the slow kind of soulful stuff, and then I love things like um, drum and bass, <laughs> like and then rock and like. Um, I like Dr musical Dr stuff. Isn't like that big in America, right? I mean, I've, I've never like met any Americans that like. It's, like, a, it's like an alternative style, yeah. 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 It's like because it was really pop. I, I know it was really popular in England when I was there when I was like fourteen. Yeah. Like you go to like some like you know gritty warehouse and it's like, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's probably like where <laughs> like I think you know there's a lot of things I do out here that I think subconsciously just like help me like remind me of home a little yeah. bit. Um, that's probably part of it, but cup of tea, or something cup of tea. Yeah. Um, I watch like um, the IT crowd on Hulu or yeah. like a bit of Faulty Towers. <laughs> yeah. um, so like things like that, but but yeah, the music music is such a huge part of my life. Like I I definitely like how it, I can I can fit it into everything. You know, I, I run to music, I cycle to music. During races, obviously, you can't listen to anything, and I, I can still go and do like a long run without any music, but I just I just like like having it there. Yeah. Our, um, I'm lucky, like my coach Leslie Patterson, um, her husband Simon Marshall, they work together to for Braveheart Coaching, and he's a sports psychologist. And during like our team camp, he was able to like kind of talk to us a little bit about. Um, how you can kind of use like sports psychology or different psychology techniques to help your training. And um, one thing he talked about is how, you know, our brains like to be in rhythm. Like we like to have a rhythm to go with. Connection so, to the heart too. Yeah. And so like when you're, so if you like, if you purposefully are, are training to something that you're in time with, it actually seems easier because your body is in time with like a steady beat, right? Um, and conversely, if you do something that is not normal to your brain, is challenging to your brain, the effort is going to feel a lot harder. But then when you, and so like the workout will feel much harder, but then when you go to race, you're going to have, you, all you need to work on is your, all you need to focus on is your, your performance, right? So like, you know, doing your hard efforts, but trying to do like a Sudoku quiz or trying to like purposefully cycle out of time to something that would be in time like I find that incredibly difficult to do like uh -huh. I, it just throws me off altogether from like which seems silly but um wait so like so if you're doing like an interval workout on the trainer mm -hmm. if you like do like a puzzle or something at the same time yeah that's gonna help your race performance yeah and I'm so gonna do, do like I'm gonna I I do try to like to distract myself and like and focus on other things as well as focusing on the workout um, but dude it's really tough it's tough 
And like yeah. I, I'm gonna <laughs> do. Are you like trying to do some like cal- like calculus or something? No, like I'll like I have like maybe like um, little quizzes on my yeah. phone or yeah. I mean. Um, so th- these are like. I'm definitely mental, a beginner of that kind of stuff. These are like mental. Um, mental strength techniques, mm. right? Yeah, and I so. Mean, I'm doing a discredit to like mind. the neurologic, like you know, the no- neurologic physicians and stuff around us who would know like all of the all of the the technical jargon. But like, it's this kind of front part of your brain that that you can kind of train to help your physical performance. Yeah. So and and it may not even be that um you know your physical performance isn't technically changing. It's the perceived effort that you feel. So it feels easier. If we're during training, it was really difficult to to get that level, or to get that um uh to get that 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 speed or that power that you got when you were also trying to do x y or z and then you're trying to get x y or z trying to get the the power in a race situation where you don't have that mental yeah um it's funny you say that i've 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 gone on rides where i have really interesting deep conversations about maybe like politics or you know culture or Mm -hmm. you know just something deep Mm -hmm. and it it after a couple minutes of that of that conversation, I go into deeper levels of of my thought of like critical analysis. Oh yeah. And I feel like I'm just you know I feel I don't know like more power coming out of it. Oh really? Just out of like you know thinking. There is there is a lot. There's I think almost like with the um, I think we're in a really lucky time for sports because there's a lot coming out that there that that is going to help us with sports performance. Things like the strength and conditioning. Things like um, things like nutrition and and then also sports psychology. Um, I just got this book called The Chimp Paradox, which I haven't even started reading yet. But I talked with um, I talked with Simon before getting it, and and he was like, "Yep, yeah, absolutely, read that book. It's got a lot of good information that kind of talks about what I was just talking about there." Yeah, Bradley Wiggins is talking about like something like the inner chimp or something. Is that yes. is that what it's from? Yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there's there's a lot to be said for um, like you're trying for, to tame tame like something inside or something, right? Yeah, because you always have that that chimp part of your brain that's telling you either that the effort is too hard or you can't do it or um, like that you know you're not you can't do something or it's always there niggling oh well you didn't do that you didn't finish that effort so you're not going to manage this or you're so i think like being able to to hone in on that i mean probably like yoga practice you know like kind of meditation practice but i don't have i'm not very good at yoga probably because of that probably because of my chimp brain is always like telling me i mean yesterday was a perfect example of that in fact like i went out to pre-ride the mountain bike course on friday and um i finished pre-riding and honestly was ready to turn around and just come home I was like I can't do that it's like it's it's way steeper than I'm used to I don't think I can do I had to walk so many sections I was I completely almost let my brain take over and and tell me that I couldn't do it and um, I spoke with Eric Broussard who's been helping me with the mountain bike skills and um, and kind of just talked over a few things with him and then and I talked with Ben and and um, Ben was like at the end of the day you're in Southern California riding bikes <laughs> so you know like even if you even if you don't have like the race that you want like have fun you know it's gonna be it's gonna be good and 
the thing was on race day, like I, I really had to work hard to keep that chimp like quiet the whole time and just be confident, just roll through sections. Because when you let that, especially in mountain biking, because there's the technical parts to it, like if you're nervous, you're gonna tense up and that's gonna make you a much worse rider and not be in control of the bike. So, um, so yeah, so it was, it was very, I really needed to have those like mental skills to kind of like, to quiet down that chimp brain, focus on the things that needed to be louder in my brain. So the things I needed to be louder yesterday were have fun, um, stay relaxed, and uh, be like a jockey, you know, like a jockey, like you, you'll see their bodies like pretty still, but like their arms yeah. are going. So like on the mountain bike, it's kind of similar over that, that rock, rocky stuff, like as you're going downhill. And I did that and you know, I didn't crash. <laughs> and um, where, where is the, the, the motivation coming from for, for all of this, for you? Like everyone has a different motivator, right? Like what's, yeah. what's like that inner deep core that just keeps you going? I think like just, I love the challenge, like I love um, pushing myself to see like how far I can go and and as I said like I really, I'm not writing up off the Olympics in any way right now, you know, and I think that's like over the past year has been, seemed like a more realistic goal, you know, you go through times in your life where you're like, well, you know, maybe I should just like, that was, that was a nice dream when, when I was younger, but you know, I'm not going to be the next Michael Phelps around it. and I'm definitely not going to be the next Michael Phelps but but um you know like maybe for mountain biking you know and um I think I think the challenge is important because um without it I, I do get really lost and I think um personally for me like I need I need um I need to have like a goal or something to focus on because I don't know I think I think emotionally it like sports helps me like have a challenge um, and I've had like some like pretty like probably dark places in my life where like um, I've really struggled and I find the um, music and and training sports really helps me to helps my mental well-being more than anything I know that like if I if I'm not training like I can I can go to like some dark place that I, I know I don't want to go back to and stuff. So I think um, I think that's a huge motivator and just like just the just pushing yourself to see how far you can go or what you can do next. I paced a guy on like the the Big Bear hundred mile running race and like even that being in that environment I was like this is definitely gonna be in the bucket list, you know, like a hundred mile running race. Like I never thought I probably would even say that but like once you're there and you see that challenge and what everyone goes through and it's not impossible you know so I definitely like the challenge you and can definitely do the impossible I mean like a personal story me and Lisa did uh, this death race last year it's called the Mojave death race what is it like 21 legs in, in 24 hours or whatever yeah so we won the team and then I'm like beat ready for bed and you drive to California. I don't know what race it was, but then you like win a race. Yeah, like, that was did a. Did you sleep? Like what? I slept. So that was a crazy race. So our team, we like crushed that race. Like we won by like, a couple hours. Like it was. Yeah, didn't we win by like, three hours? Something ridiculous. Brag, yeah, it was like, and it was every single, every single person on that team. It was like the greatest team event I've ever been in. Yeah. And then um, everyone like gave it like absolutely like a hundred percent. Like yeah. even in like the wee hours in the morning when you're just like you just want to go to sleep. 
And um, so I finished, we finished in Nipton, Nevada. Yeah, yeah. I think that's still Nevada. Yeah. I drove to Prim, slept in the car at Prim for like, I think maybe three hours, and then drove to Big Bear, California to race um, the Canda Cup race there, oh, yeah. and I won it. And like, <laughs> and I. Sounds like a documentary. Oh day. man, it was. Right. Like, it, was <laughs> it was such a great adventure. Hours of a documentary, oh right? yeah, like all, like, and I, because I had the fastest mountain bike split for the Mojave Death Race on that, on the. In yeah. the middle of day section. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, because of you and Ryan Hall, um, Kaz, like, you, like, you had like the hardest bike in like, and it's the, it's the Mojave yeah, Death Race. Yeah. You're in like the desert where it's like 110 plus degrees, <laughs> and they, the watching them put in like the effort that they did, and then like Ryan running like 11 miles at some ridiculously fast pace. Yeah. I think it's like sub six minute uh, mile pace. Um, you know, like it was really tough to follow that. So I, and I, you know, I was like, I'm like the smallest girl who probably rode a mountain bike that day. And yeah. so I attribute that performance to just to you guys, your guys' motivation. But yeah, going out and doing the race the next day, I was, after that race finished, I was done. dead. I was done. I just had to like <laughs> sleep and like, yeah, I didn't know what I'll to eat I'll first. Sleep the day and... before the death, death race as well was like just, terrible there was that mm -hmm. train going by we were like in this tent yep. and it was just like oh it wasn't no it wasn't like the best like kind of uh race prep, prep situation but, but it um, just goes to show like what you can do like, it really does like, and i think like our bodies are like amazing things and i think one of the probably the biggest limiter on your body is often your mind you yeah. know like it's your mind saying oh no this is dumb like it's too far it's too hard it's too fast but um and i think that's where like having a coach comes into play because like a coach a coach knows what you can do currently and what your potential is yeah. and from there like they set you workouts and like you know sometimes when you first look at them you're like i can't do that like like i remember uh, working with jeremy wallace like he would set me tempo runs at like you know nine miles at 640 pace and i'm like i don't think i can i can't i can't do that but but then you go and do it and you're like, oh, okay, well, that was, <laughs> yeah. that was cool, you it's, know? It's always good to have that, that support around you that could, you know, give you your weaknesses, show, yep. identify your weaknesses. Absolutely. If everyone around you is going to give you, you know, hey, you're, you're amazing, you're the strongest yeah. person, right? Yeah. But it's someone that's a professional that can identify those weaknesses and, and, and see those challenges for you, you know, yeah. upcoming. Yeah, gives you that, a lot of advantage compared to other people. Definitely, and I think that's why, like with especially with bike racing, you know, it's um, Vegas is a is a it's a very small big town. You know, like um, we you can kind of get caught up in a, a bit of a bubble here, and I think that's it's really important to travel and race and travel and train with other people because um, because yeah, it's easy. I think I think people are people are awesome here as well like you know they're very encouraging and very supporting and I don't don't get me wrong like I really appreciate all the support and stuff um but sometimes like you know it you need to have those like uh reality checks or like um I can't remember what the right word is but you know like kind of putting you down a little bit you know yeah. just to say no you still need to work hard and you still need to train hard because you could be like the fastest person in one town but that's just one town yeah you know like always gonna be someone fast oh exactly and so like you need to um like riding riding in socal certainly for a living here really helps with that you know you can go out and and get beat up by some people and 
and it just it just makes you hungrier to come back and train harder. Um, but yeah, like I think like having having a good support network is is really is really important for for every for every sport and everything you do. But yeah, it's good having like the people that are positive and the people that are like, well, you know, you're good, but yeah. <laughs> if you do this, <laughs> then you'll be better. Yeah. So um, where can people like follow your progress, like, you know, this journey to the Olympics? Like, yeah, right. You, yeah. So I, I mentioned the blog, you want to give uh -huh. people the address and like maybe your Instagram and stuff? Yeah, yeah. so um, I'm definitely one that I, I'm really digging like social media for like the Instagram stuff. Uh -huh. I love Instagram. Kind of fallen off of Facebook a little bit, but on Instagram you'll find me as uh, Lisa Try 87 or Lisa TRI 87. And then my blog is at lisalanertriathlon.com. Okay. And, um, but yeah, I love Instagram because it gives me an opportunity to like, to sh kind of share what I'm doing, not just in words, but with like the visual, yeah. the visual stuff as well. Um, and like, man, this sport is like taking me to some pretty amazing places and pretty amazing yeah. locations. And sure, it's, your friends in Scotland are like jealous. I, <laughs> I know, when it's like a drink day and like raining over there and yeah. I'm like, oh, it's it's uh, sunny and like 35 degrees yeah. Celsius, of course. So, yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and I'm on I'm on Twitter, I guess, as well, at least a try 87, but okay. I don't really know how to work Twitter very well. I, okay. just, <laughs> I, <laughs> I just share from Instagram and that's, that's really yeah. all I do. Yeah. So follow me on Instagram because Awesome. I put a bit more effort into that for sure. Cool. <laughs> all right. Well, no, thank you very much, Lisa. Thank uh, you, we guys. We appreciate it. And uh, yeah, Thanks. we'll put all those notes on the uh, Felixa.com page for the podcast. Um, and yeah, we're at Grouchy John's um, Windmill and 215 in Vegas. And it's been great. Thanks very much, Lisa. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for it's having awesome. me.